Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Thank you, Mr. President. Speaking of voting rights legislation, if this isn't passed, do you still believe the upcoming election will be fairly conducted and its results will be legitimate? Well, it all depends on uh, whether or not we're able to make the case to the American people that some of this is being set up to try to alter the outcome of the election. I don't know where I'm supposed to begin. On the press conference that took place yesterday from President Joe Biden, his first press conference of 2022. Whether I want to talk about his lying to America about real wages or the insanity of the statement that he would be okay with a minor incursion from Russia regarding Ukraine, a statement so radical, a statement so dangerous Admitting out loud, hey, if Russia invades, we're cool with that. Who else would he be okay with invading and where? And certainly there was, of course, his demeanor. The screaming and the yelling. The nonsense. When asked just the basic questions of words he said in the past. And then one more, sir, um, you know, you talk, you campaigned and, and you ran on a return to civility. And I know that you dispute the characterization that you called folks who would oppose those voting bills um, as being Bull Connor or George Wallace. But you said that they would be sort of in the, the same camp. No, uh, I didn't say that. Look what I said. Go back and read what I said. It's what you said. It's what you said. You compared Republicans who didn't agree with you to Bull Connor, who was a Democrat and a segregationist, which is how Kamala Harris used to refer to you until she was your vice presidential nominee. And then you announced that you're going to run for re-election and she's going to be with you? Holy cow. I don't have enough hours in the day to go through everything that just happened 24 hours ago. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It is so good to be with you. On Facebook, Tony Katz Radio Parlor. Is there still a parlor? Instagram, Twitter, and Getter at Tony Katz. The phone number, love to hear from you. 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. I am going to focus in a series of places. There's no way to do it all at once. There's too much. And I haven't even gotten into the fact that Chuck Schumer and the progressive left, Joe Biden's party, failed and failed epically. In trying to get this voting theft package passed because they could not do away with the filibuster because Chuck Schumer doesn't have the ability to bring people over and at a vote of 5248. You don't have the votes. You don't have the votes. <laughs> You're going to need congressional approval and you don't have the votes. Couldn't convince Manchin, couldn't convince Cinema. The voting theft package fails miserably. Oh, I'm not allowed to call it the voting theft package. Sure as bloody heck wasn't about voting rights. It wasn't about voting rights. It was about taking away the rights of the states, handing it over to the federal government. 
as if somehow Ilhan Omar should determine the elections for the people in South Carolina. Should Dick Durbin, a man most aptly named, Senator from Illinois, determine the voting rights of the people of Tulsa, Oklahoma? Yes or no? Hold on. Wait. wait. I can hear the people in Tulsa now. And 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 they, they say no. The people of Tulsa have said no. They should decide for themselves in Oklahoma. I don't think that's an irrational point of view. I think it's the only point of view. But let me start with this idea of manipulating the elections. Because it must be said clearly and definitively that what Joe Biden put out into the world is as follows. If you don't do the things I tell you to do, elections cannot be trusted. Let's break it down. Let's break it down. Let's go over it bit by bit and piece by piece. Mr. President, speaking of voting rights legislation, if this isn't passed, do you still believe the upcoming election will be fairly conducted and its results will be legitimate? The question, I don't know who asked this question, so forgive me there. The question is an interesting one because this is the question, at least in style, if not word for word, that they would ask Donald Trump. And what I was impressed by when I heard this was that they asked it to Joe Biden. That was the part that kind of blew me away that it would even be it would even be asked it would even get brought you know be brought up in 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 this way. And so I was kind of kind of taken aback by the clarity of the question, not because the question is any better than it was asked to President Trump, uh, will you accept the election results, blah, 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 blah. It's that the same style of question was asked, and I thought that was something else. Which means that this conversation is not only one that people are having, but it's also a little bit baked in. And they want to hear you say it. Now, this wasn't the only place where I heard somebody you know, engage in a way that I was like, wow, that was that was direct and and focused. The president finishes up the press conference and goes to call on somebody for the first question. These of this country are still ahead of us, not behind us. Now I'm happy to take questions. Yes. Thank you, Mr. President. I know some of my colleagues will get into some specific issues, but I wanted to zoom out on your first year in office. Inflation is up. Uh, Your signature domestic legislation is stalled in Congress. In a few hours from now, the Senate, uh, an effort in the Senate to deal with voting rights and voting uh, voting reform legislation is going to fail. COVID-19 is still taking the lives of 1,500 Americans every day. And the nation's divisions are just as raw as they were a year ago. Did you overpromise to the American public what you could achieve in your first year in office? And how do you plan to course correct going forward? Holy crap! The president just gives this speech. Oh, the real wages are up and we're doing great foreign policy. We're beating COVID. I'm the best ever. And the first question is, thank you, Mr. President. Why do you suck? Wow. Now I get why the left is so angry at the press. Oh, oh, there were leftists beating the living crap out of the press and social media. It was brutal, brutal. I'm like, what is going on? Since when is it okay to hate the press? 
now I get it. I mean, it's still, it's still you know, playing that Trump game. Yeah, you, now all of a sudden you're allowed to speak about the press so clearly? Sure. I mean, that was a brutal question, right? But it goes along with this question about undermining the election results. I was like, that's a, that's a very, that's a question that'll be asked to Trump. It's being asked now. I, just turnabout fair play, or is this just, you know, as I said, one of those baked in questions? If this isn't passed, do you still believe the upcoming election will be fairly conducted and its results will be legitimate? Remember, there are two parts. Was the election itself fairly conducted or will it be fairly conducted? And will the results be legitimate? Which is another way of asking, will you accept the results of the election? Now listen to Joe Biden's answer. Well, it all depends on uh, whether or not. Stop right there. Well, it all depends on immediately states that the president of the United States is saying that election results are conditional. Now, anything he says afterwards are the conditions that he has decided to put on it. But leave that to the side. We'll get to that. He just said that election results are conditional. As I know it, saying that election results are conditional is something that we don't find acceptable. Ew, David. Saying that election results are conditional is something that is said by fascists. Who says they don't accept the results of an election? Who qualifies accepting the results of an election? Well, it all depends on uh, whether or not. Once you say those words, you're saying, I don't accept the results of an election. I'm now going to qualify the situation. How does he qualify it? We're able to make the case to the American people that some of this is being set up to try to alter the outcome of the election. He is making the claim that without his ability to recreate voting rights by federalizing it, by taking it away from you... If he's not able to pass the John Lewis Voting Rights Act and this For the People Act, then, well, how can you trust an election? Because those Republicans have changed the law in places, and you can't trust Republicans. They're fixing the election. He accused Republicans of fixing the election. That's what he did. It cannot be denied. This is exactly what he just did in front of America. The thing that if it was Donald Trump, it would have him, uh, there would be a third impeachment. There would be a third impeachment. So much so has this become a talking point that Jen Psaki has been forced, the White House press secretary, to clarify what Biden said. The adage in politics, it's the best one. 
It is the, it, it's probably the one that's the most truthful. So write it down if you need to. If you're explaining, you're losing. If you have to go out there for your candidate and say, well, what he's really saying is, what she really meant is, you're losing. That means that not only did you not hit it clearly, you clearly hit it wrong. So when people engage that way, if you're explaining you're losing, uh, take that to heart. That is, of, of all the political adages, and I mean, if, if you got one that you think is more uh, to, to the point, uh, Twitter at Tony Katz, or, or, or give me a call. Give me a call, 833-468-8669. Now, I'd love to hear it. If you have a political adage that you think is more direct than that or more on target than that, right? A close second, all politics are local. If you're explaining you're losing is the absolute truth. So Jen Psaki, this morning, less than 24 hours after Biden engaged this nonsense, tweets out, let's be clear, POTUS was not casting doubt on the legitimacy of the 2022 election. He was making the opposite point. In 2020, a record number of voters turned out in the face of a pandemic, and election officials made sure they could vote and have those votes counted. And she continued... He was explaining that the results would be illegitimate if states do what the former president asked them to do after the 2020 election, toss out ballots and overturn results after the fact. The big lie, as she calls it, that's how despicable that is, is putting, uh, the big lie is putting our democracy at risk. We're fighting to protect it. Here's what the president said. Whether or not we're able to make the case to the American people that some of this is being set up to try to alter the outcome of the election. And you have to now do what we want you to do. He's making the case that this is about Trump. That is some spin right there. This is was asked in the context of a voting rights act and uh, John Lewis act and of the, uh, the other things that were happening later that day. Going along with his speech in Georgia, you have to be with us or you're a segregationist. That is some serious, serious spin. And she was asked about it earlier today on Fox, Dana Perino asking the question. So I'm curious if he will continue to say that those 2022 elections will be illegitimate. Well, first, I've talked to the president a lot about this, and he absolutely is not predicting uh, that the 2022 elections would be illegitimate. The point he was raising was both that in 2020, even amongst challenging circumstances, efforts to suppress the vote and and, uh, the midst of a pandemic, there was record turnout, Democrats and Republicans, record turnout to go to the polls. And the point he was making is that the former president asked a number of states, seven or more, in fact, to overturn the outcome of the election. Uh, now, obviously, if there's an effort to do that, we've got to fight against that. That's what our commitment is to doing. But he was not making a prediction. He has confidence in the American people. And we're going to do everything he, we can to protect people's yeah, rights. He mentioned the minority vote. I mean, he was pretty brash about it. Yes, he was. The president of the United States just said to you, if you don't do it my way, if my people don't win, if you don't follow my systems... 
if the duly elected representatives of Georgia and Texas and other places institute their awful rules that don't stop anybody from voting, no, you can't trust the election. That's what President Joe Biden did. But no, you can, you can try and defend it. It just isn't going to work. This was just one of the places Joe Biden failed epically. I've got the others coming up. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. So in the UK, they're going to do away with all their COVID-19 laws. I'm going to say that again for the people in the, in the, in the cheap seats. In the UK, they're going to do away with all of their COVID laws because what they've come to realize is, yeah, this is silly. Omicron is playing off like the flu. And don't get me wrong, people are absolutely getting sick because of it. They are getting uh, fevers, low grade, exhaustion. That's a big one. Runny nose, it's playing like a cold. It's playing like the flu. Absolutely it is. And I think every rational person can see that. I think denying that would be a... uh, a, a very, very foolish thing to do. But the idea that it is killing people, that's not thats not the case. Now, the AP did report that there are those who think we're going to see a very large spike in deaths. But right now, hospitals that I've spoken to, or I should say doctors I've spoken to, not hospitals, doctors I've spoken to, and reporting that I've seen, like, for example, hospital counts in D.C., are seeing decreases as if we're over the hump. In all these cases, we should be getting rid of the idea of lockdowns. We need to recognize our mistake and never make it again. Never make it again. And we should ensure that kids are back to their lives. So much of this, we know the damage done, and yet we don't know exactly how bad it is. People are starting to come around, and we can't say to these people, where the hell have you been? we got to say to these people, good, glad to have you with us. I think that's the approach that has to be taken here. Not why did it take you so long to get here, but glad you're here, because that way we get to what we want, which is a life. That's what we need. Oh, the SCOTUS mask mandate, or, or the SCOTUS mask story? That's a great one. Fake news? Uh, I'll report. You decide. Wait, I think that's someone's tagline. I don't think I'm allowed to use that. I'm Tony Katz. So let's talk about this so-called voting rights legislation that, well, just exploded all over the Democrats. You have to vote for this. Democracy is at stake. Come on, Senator Manchin. Come on, Senator Cinema. Get her done. You gotta vote for it. You gotta make it happen. And Manchin and Cinema and fifty Republicans said, <laughs> and so the Democrats said, "You're a little bit racist." So, you know, it went exactly as you thought it was gonna go. How else was it going to work? 
The Democratic Party said this is the way it has to happen. We have to change the filibuster rules in order to put forth the John Lewis Voting Rights Act or the For the People Act so we could save America from itself. And you have to vote for it, and you have to do what we tell you, and you have to change the rules of the filibuster, and... I want an umpa now! That is actually the words of Amy Klobuchar. Shocking but true. Did I say hello, Tony Katz? Tony Katz today, the the beauty of being able to do the sound effects. I get wrapped up in it. I forget everything else that's happening. 833-GOT-TONY. Would love to hear from you. 833-468-8669. Anybody want to defend what it is Democrats are trying to do? If you want to defend it, I'm, 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 I'm all ears. I am all ears. But one of the things that happened in this is something that really... I think took a lot of people back. And and I would argue rightfully so. There are still moments in our politics where we can be shocked because we're engaged in a thing that we shouldn't be engaged in. It's one thing to say, I believe in this and you believe in that and I believe you are wrong and you believe that I am wrong and I believe in my thing intensely and you believe in your thing intensely and voices do rise. It's another thing to say, if you don't do what I tell you, you're a racist. It's another thing to say, if you don't do what I tell you, I'm going to tell the American people not to trust the elections. It is something else, something horrific to make the claim that if you don't support the legislation they support, you support Jim Crow laws. This is exactly what Representative Jim Clyburn of South Carolina has been promoting. Do you agree with what he said in that press conference? Are you concerned that without these voting rights bills, the election results won't be legitimate? I'm absolutely concerned about that. First of all, thanks for having me. Let me remind the audience that in 1965, at the time of the advent of the Voting Rights Act, only 3% of African Americans in Alabama were registered to vote. We come in with the 1965 Voting Rights Act, and look what we have now. Nine years ago, the Supreme Court took direct aim at that act in Shelby v. Holder and got rid of free clearance. Hold on a second. Your argument, Congress, uh, Congressman is that Alabama should continue to suffer for the sins of yesteryear. Never once can they, wait for it, get better. Your argument is that Alabama is a bigoted, racist place that doesn't allow black people to vote, and if they got the chance to remove the shackles of the Department of Justice and of this civil rights legislation, they would gladly keep black people from voting again. Oh, my gosh. You don't understand. You do understand that is absolutely how uh, the progressive views the southern states. The southern states are guilty for forever. The fact that in New York you have a black man who killed an Asian woman by pushing her in front of a train. The fact is that in Los Angeles you have a black man who killed a white woman by stabbing her to get to death in a furniture store. The fact that a black man murdered eight white people in Waukesha, Wisconsin by driving over them with his car purposefully. 
Those things, those things right there in these other states, well, whatever. But Alabama, roll tide my ass, Alabama needs to suffer needs to constantly be told they're guilty, needs to be under the yoke, needs the DOJ to be crawling up their you-know-whats for forever. Because how can we trust those people? That is an ugly thing to say. That's an ugly and despicable thing to say about people. That is, in a word, bigoted. Never mind he's agreeing that you can't trust the election. He's agreeing that it cannot be trusted without this legislation. What preclearance means, I want people to understand, it means that if you change your voting laws and you've got a history of discriminating against black people or other minorities, you have to submit those voting, those changes to the Justice Department or to a federal court and explain why they're not discriminatory. If they're not discriminatory, then you go ahead and do it. So that's what we're doing here. Just so we're clear, everything I explained to you is factual. He believes that Alabama is guilty for forever and should be felt should be treated as guilty for forever. I don't believe that. I don't believe that about Alabama. I don't believe that about Mississippi. And I don't believe that about Germany. Do I think the German of today is guilty for 1941? I I do not. I think that would be a, a really awful thing to do to people. To make them live in that in that kind of feel that they're always guilty for their existence. Maybe this explains why people support uh, 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 critical race theory. Because you should have a group of people who are always made to feel guilty. Because that's what you're talking about, about the people of Alabama. And it is Jim Clyburn with least this attitude, and it is Joe Biden in his words, who said that if you're not with us on the voting right, uh, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act and for the People Act, well, then you're just in favor of Jim Crow 2.0, and I believe it's Clyburn who has said as much. One of the people speaking against that is Senator Tim Scott. Tim Scott. Republican senator, South Carolina, black man, who addressed this issue. It's really good stuff. Worthy of a listen. As I listen to the president talk about the importance of stopping what he characterized as Jim Crow 2.0, I felt frustration and irritation rising in my souls as I keep hearing the references to Jim Crow. I ask myself how many Americans understand what Jim Crow was. I am so thankful, thankful that we are not living in those days. But just for those who don't appreciate the Jim Crow that was, it was a time when my grandfather, born in 1921, would have experienced that if he was still alive. He could tell the stories of the Jim Crow South and the Jim Crow era, an era where in order for a black person to vote, you had to pass a literacy test. Now, if you could read at that point, it would not just be a test 
on whether or not you could read it would be a test on do you know who your governor was 20 years before you were getting ready to vote. It would include the threat of being lynched, literally killed because those in power wanted to stop black folks from realizing and fully participating in the greatest nation on earth and exercising what I believe is a fundamental responsibility and right of Americans, the right to vote. He's doing a very good job of, and I, and I think for him it's very personal in a way I'll never understand, um, spelling this out so we understand what it means. You know, it's like when people throw out Nazi. Oh, he's a Nazi. Oh, that one's a Nazi. They don't know what it means. Not that I, being Jewish, can somehow have more of a connection to it, but it is possible that because of my religion, I have spent more time in those conversations and level of study. Somebody outside of the religion could have more study than I. But when you go about just throwing the claim out there, this claim of, ah, Nazi. It is denigrating. If you don't know full history, he's making this point extremely well regarding Jim Crow laws. And Senator Tim Scott continues. It would include beatings and the power of intimidation, the loss of your job if you dared to show up to vote. And so when I hear my president and your president, our president of these United States, just a little while ago, a week or so ago, talk about Jim Crow 2.0 and using as the poster child of this new Jim Crow South being the Georgia voting law, I rushed to read the law one more time so that I could understand what in the world is he talking about now. I'm here this morning, this afternoon, because I had a conversation with the South Carolina NAACP about two hours ago. And they encouraged me to come to the floor and make my comments as public as possible so that people understand what I have read in the Georgia law and compare it to the Jim Crow South. So what we know about the Georgia law, and I've read the law, and what we know about the Georgia law is the controversy that the president spoke about and that we heard members of Congress speak about over the weekend is it is illegal to get water while waiting to vote. Now that claim has been proven false. It is not illegal to get water while waiting in line. That's false. The only time you can't get water while waiting in line to vote, according to the Georgia law, is if there's a partisan, someone campaigning for someone, campaigning for someone, you can't bring them water. But if you are an election worker or a relative, you can, of course, bring the person water. So that- now, I've discussed this many times and said it, it doesn't even matter if you can't remember to bring your own water. That's on you. You stand in line at the bank, you don't bring water, it's on you. You stand in line for a, for a ride at Disney, you don't bring water, it's on you. You stand in line for anything, you don't bring water, it's on you. I believe people are smart enough to bring their own water. But here he is debunking the myth. That was completely false. But if that is the threshold of the new Jim Crow era, it looks nothing like the past. However, even that is false. Uh, What else is in that Georgia law that is uh, supposedly the poster child 
of voter suppression. It allows for early voting to include now the souls to the polls where you have Sundays where you can vote early. As a matter of fact, 17 days of early voting, more early voting than the president's own home state or New York. It allows for mail-in ballots without an excuse. The same thing that was turned down by the voters in New York. No excuse on demand. Mail-in ballots is now the law in Georgia. New drop boxes. That pre-pandemic, there was, it was not legal to have a drop box in Georgia. Now it is legal to have a drop box in Georgia. And voter ID. Supported by at least 60% of African Americans, 60% of Hispanics, 60% or more of the majority population. After going through point by point and realizing in South Carolina the minority turnout was stronger than the overall turnout in South Carolina, and two of the three African American senators in the United States Senate today, two of us, represent those southern states. It's hard to deny progress when two out of three come from the southern states that people say are the places where African American African American votes are being suppressed. It's excellent, and I wanted to share it with you. Joe Biden has no case. Chuck Schumer has no case. The progressives have no case. Everything that they told us about this voting rights nonsense was about theft. It was about stealing the vote. They lied. Again and again and over and over, they lied. They lied about its purpose. They lied about its intent. They lied about Republicans. They lied about people who didn't agree with them. For the power. The ideology is we're going to save America. Right? We're going to save the right to vote. And then that involves making sure you don't have a say and they have all the say. And they lied every step of the way. Because unfortunately, that's who they are right now. And we just need to know it. I'm Tony Katz. Somebody was asking me, where can I find that audio? Of Tim Scott, so I just I just posted it. So if you follow me on Twitter at Tony Katz, this is the uh, Senator Tim Scott talking about the myths of Georgia's voting laws and the gross comparisons of Republicans uh, to uh, to uh, to supporting Jim Crow laws, I should say, because it is it's just gross. So I'm glad people enjoyed that. It was I thought extremely extremely well done. So as for the SCOTUS mask insanity, this is so great. NPR had done a story that Neil Gorsuch, Supreme Court Justice, wouldn't wear a mask. And so Justice Sotomayor, she had to be up here remotely because Gorsuch refused to wear a mask 
while, during some, some oral arguments. Now, the story has been shown to be false, including the fact that the Supreme Court put out a statement saying reporting that Justice Sotomayor asked Justice Gorsuch to wear a mask surprised us. It is false. While we may sometimes disagree about the law, we are warm colleagues and friends. Chief Justice Roberts saying, I did not request Justice Gorsuch or any other justice to wear a mask on the bench. NPR wanted to make up a fight about masks between conservatives and liberals. They're defending their story, but they're taking it on the chin. When SCOTUS makes a statement, dang, I'm Tony Katz.